This is the Fantasy Road Show. Welcome in, everybody. This is another episode of the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. My name is Ryan. This is Mike Coles. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Fantasy underscore Trucker. You can find him at Coles underscore Sports. We're back at it again. Mike, are we live or what? Oh, we are live. We're live. Live, live, live. Yeah, what's going on? Um, so I actually uh, I just got an email, and we have officially been casted to a no <laughs> way. You're gonna be on a CBS game show. Yeah, but that's all we can say. Um, wow. Because okay. I, I don't know what that NDA states, but um, but yeah, wow. we've, we've passed the background check and. We, I guess, we're in going to be in a uh, in a CBS primetime television game show um, filming at the end of August. Wow! Well, we need to get going on getting some merch. <laughs> we got to get T-shirts. You got to get a hat. You got to figure yeah. out what you're allowed to wear and yep. what we can get away with. And uh, that is awesome, dude! Big congratulations, and uh, I look forward to. Uh, watching you win some money on whatever game show that is that CBS is debuting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I think I'll learn more about it tomorrow. I have a um, have like a meeting with the producers tomorrow, so um, I'll have more more information. And we definitely need to get some fantasy roadshow merch because I plan on um, debuting that there. I, I in in my original interview, I told them like. They're like, oh, so what do you do for work? I was like, yeah, I just started a podcast. <laughs> just that's all I do push. for a Yeah, that's all I do for yeah. a living. Yeah, just push that narrative. I can bet, you know, there's there's more there's more benefit to to getting the the fantasy roadshow out there than uh, being in commercial real estate. So buckle. Oh yeah, up. Buckle up, baby. Um, so what are we getting into today, Mike? We're still doing a, we're doing a AFC South breakdown, divisional breakdown series, kicking off with uh, AFC South here. Um, how yeah. do you feel about the AFC South? I feel like in previous years they have been considered the worst division in football, and now they're kind of on their way up a little bit, aren't they? Uh, they're still the worst division in football. <laughs> I don't know, dude. The NFC South is uh, is competing with them, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the AFC South's worse. Um, the Jags are probably the best. The Jags are the best team in both of those divisions, but yeah, I like the rookie quarterbacks. Eh. I like. See what I mean? It's, you got to think about it a little bit, right? Well, let's talk it through right now. The Bucks are the worst. I think the Bucks are the worst team now. Out of all eight teams? Out of all eight teams. Texans okay. are pretty bad. Colts, I'm just not a Richardson believer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it comes down to Colts, Texans being worse than the Bucks and Saints. The Saints and the. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I like the way the direction of the AFC South is heading rather than the NFC South. Um, you know, I like CJ Stroud. I, I like what this division is kind of putting together and the, the steps they're making. Uh, but I mean, you know, they're both kind of in the bottom tier. So 
Um, let's let's have some fun diving into the AFC South, huh? Let's uh, let's get into it. I'll call up. Okay, so as always, we're going to uh, start off with where we have this division ending, uh, who we have winning the division, um, who we think's making the playoffs, and uh, who we have coming in last, and then we'll cover some uh, some some gambling some gambling odds from uh, Cole sports over there. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah. So same breakdown as always, we're going to go through our standings when look at the win totals and then just break down, break down each team uh, from first to last. And so I got the Jags winning the division at 11 and six uh, Titans, second place, nine and eight Colts, six and 11 and the Texans, uh, four and 13. So, um, uh, just briefly, like how I look at that, I think that the Jaguars are by far the best team in this division. And I mean, maybe there's a narrative of the Titans winning it if they play outstanding football all year. And like Hopkins, Hopkins definitely helps their case. Hopkins helps. I mean, you have Derrick Henry and Hopkins, so how can you have a bad offense with those two? It's Titans, def- Titans defense and Vrabel. They're always so solid. Uh, but I still think like the Jags and Trevor Lawrence are um, are the best team here. I think Lawrence takes a huge step forward. Uh, Jags, as you saw last year, they were really starting to come on as a team. Um, now that – we kind of talk through the Titans a little bit and having Henry and Hopkins, I definitely think the NFC South is worse. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's who I have. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm kind of similar to you. Um, I have the Jags winning the division, obviously. Um, and then the Titans, uh, I could see the Titans making it into the playoffs um, barely. Uh, and then, I have the the Tex I'm sorry the Colts uh, and then the Texans finishing last. Um, the reason I have the Colts uh, finishing above the Texans is just they have a better all around team um, with their offensive line, their defense, uh, the better weapons around. The Texans have a promising quarterback with C.J. Stroud, but you know the weapons that he has, who's going to emerge? Uh, pretty bad wide receiver core altogether. Um, so. So we have the exact same standings. Oh, we do. I'm sorry. I thought you had the Texans over the Colts. No, um, I have but... Jags 11 and 6, Titans 9 and 8, Colts 6 and 11, and Texans 4 and 13. So same okay. order. We had the yeah. same order in the previous standings as well. Um, yeah, so kind of like uh, the AFC North, how I thought that the Steelers were definitely the worst team. Um, flip that. I think the Jags are definitely the um, the first place team here. So you can get that as Jacks to win the division at minus 155. I think that's probably the route that I would take there as I think they're just better than everyone in that division. Um, and then, you know, the over-under win totals like we talked about uh, for the AFC North here in the South, the Jags are at nine and a half. Titans are at seven and a half and the Colts and Texans are both at six and a half. So that same kind of narrative, um, it, you know, stands true in Vegas with, you know, the Jags having 
projected two wins higher than anyone else uh, in the division. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're onto the right train of thought there. Um, so, anyways, what do you think? Yeah, I would take that bet. I think the Jags are going to win the division. I think the Titans are going to put up a good fight. You know, um, I could see the Titans beating the Jags in one of their matchups this season. But, you know, it's pretty clear to me that the Jags are the best team. And I feel like they're going to assert their dominance in this division this year and possibly for years to come. We'll see what happens um, with the Texans and the Colts, whether they're that young those young quarterbacks can um, show glimpses this year. But I think the Jags, you know, for the for the near future, are going to be winning this division and into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Titans have maybe another couple of years to um, try to remain at the top of the division. I mean, like like I said, Henry and Hopkins on in an offense, you're going to be able to compete. You're at least going to be able to win any game that you're like against anyone. It's if you can, you know. Yeah, uh, and you can, how long how long ago was it where they were just the number one team in the in the AFC? They were the number one seed going into playoffs. Was that twenty twenty one? Yeah. So it's like you know a couple of years ago they were the number one seed. Like you know I know they had AJ Brown, but now they have DeAndre Hopkins. So it's it's definitely uh, you definitely have to consider yeah. them. You know. Yeah, I mean Vrabel's a great coach. So uh, I mean let's get into it. Let's start talking about. Um, the first place Jaguars. Yeah. Um, so the way I look at the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, he's only getting better. He's going to take another massive step forward this year. Um, and then, you know, Travis Etienne, you have a little bit of drama there with everyone, you know, int- industry consensus tends to be that big speed is going to take goal line carries and be a big part of that. Uh, running back room, which is going to take away from ETN. I've been pretty, um, I've been pretty vocal about how I don't really buy into that as much. I think yeah, ETN, I think ETN is the surefire running back over here. You know, I've explained before about how um, I think NFL potential potential franchise quarterbacks coming into the league with someone who makes them feel comfortable and they've had success with in the, in the NCAA in college. Uh, that's what ETN is to Lawrence. And because of that, I think he has a, you know, the, there's a lot of security there for him in that backfield. So I think he's yeah. going to be, he's going to be your guy, you know, Bigsby may change of pace, but 60, 70, 30 split ETN's backfield. Uh, yeah. I, I agree it, with you. I, w- I was pretty big on uh, Tank Bigsby coming into the draft. I was really hoping he had a good landing spot. I didn't like this landing spot too well because I thought ETN and uh, Trevor Lawrence were kind of, you know, attached to the hip. But I saw somebody made a comment. Uh, I saw it when I was just surf- surfing the web, and they made a comment that it's something to think about, but I don't read too much into it, that the current regime in Jacksonville did not draft Travis ETN. That was when Urban Meyer uh, was heading that team. So this this new regime did handpick Tank Bigsby. So that is one of the arguments that people like to use. However, I just, you know, Tank Bigsby wasn't that impressive coming out of college. Like he he didn't wow in the in the uh, in the combine. He's very average in in most metrics. So, you know, it it doesn't really make sense to me that he's going to come in and steal the goal line 
when Travis Etienne was pretty active at the goal line, you know. So I just I, I'm with you. I don't buy into it. I think Etienne is going to be the main guy. So yeah, I mean, like I think that that's such an easy argument to debunk. Like, okay, but it's still Trevor Lawrence's guy. Like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence's offense. Trevor Lawrence's guy. Trevor Lawrence is the kind of franchise quarterback that whatever he says goes. So he whatever. Trevor Lawrence wants and sorry, but that weighs more than whatever uh, current management works. It just, it works out that way. Sometimes when you have a guy as talented and um, has the hold on that offense for the foreseeable future. So anyways, yeah. yeah we're on, with, we're with, that being, with that being said though, you know, Doug Peterson, when, when I think about him in recent memory, like he does like to use multiple running backs. So, you know, it's not like ETN is going to be the workhorse. We're going to see Tank Bigsby on the field quite a bit this year. But I think on certain plays where uh, it matters most, you're going to see ETN. And he's he's got the whole skill set. Like he's he, it's not like Tank Bigsby is going to come in and be the passing down back when ETN is per- perfectly capable of doing that. So uh, it's, yeah. it's a backfield I'm going to be keeping an eye on, but I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think it's a 70-30 split. So like – you know, not workhorse, but pretty significant. I don't know, you know, most backfields are split to some degree. I just think ETN, I don't think, yeah, same as, same as what you're saying about him, Bigsby not being very impressive. Like, look at his game highlights. I watched a lot of SEC football. I was never like, whoa, Tank Bigsby's going to be a problem. Yeah. Because uh, he just doesn't really – you know, I liked I liked his name more than his film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I love so, that. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, um, how about these wide receivers, man? Like starting out when we first started this podcast and early on in the offseason, when I re- originally my raw reaction to Calvin Ridley coming back and, and Christian Kirk and how this all is going to shake out, I was firmly on the Christian Kirk side. I didn't think that Calvin Ridley, like he spent over 700 days not playing football. Like, that's a long time. I know there's certain rust, but, I mean, that's a long time. And then I started to remember how elite Calvin Ridley was. Like, his, his last dude, his, his last full season in 2020, he was the number five receiver with over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns in 15 games. Like, like someone yeah. of that ability, even if they take time off, it's like DeAndre Hopkins. If he was to take two years off, like, he's still DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, I um- – Calvin Ridley's Calvin Ridley's an elite route runner. Um, so, you know, I thought it was really interesting when we had David Mendelson on and how he mentioned, um, you know, the quarterback position, there's going to be a lot more rust there because you're not able to face a full defense um, with, you know, the speed and just a complete defense. Whereas when you're Calvin Ridley, you're still able to work out and run routes one-on-one versus cornerbacks. And, you know, there is going to be a little bit of um, just playing in a full offense and yeah, game speed, this game nerves, maybe more than speed, like, yeah, speed, but also like you can go, you can get most of your work in as a, as a, as a wide receiver um, lining up against someone. Whereas, little bit more difficult from the quarterback position where you know you need a full defense to go against so um you know i i I think ridley's just awesome and i think trevor lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl so 
you know, you saw some of that last year, and I think it's just going to only improve this year. Um, you know, I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence's uh, 39.75 and a half passing yards and 25 and a half passing touchdowns. I'd say that passing touchdown is going to go over. I imagine he's going to have, I think he had 25 last year. I could see him easily getting 30 this year. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a huge step forward from Lawrence. You're going to beat up against the Colts. You're going to beat up against the Titans. Uh, you're probably going to get five divisional wins, go five and one in your division um, if you're the Jaguars. So, yeah, uh, Christian Kirk's an excellent 1B to Calvin Ridley's 1A. Yeah. And then I have Evan Ingram. You just locked him up, and he was an outstanding uh, receiving tight end last year. So, even if he can match anywhere close to that, that's a that's an that's an offense that's on its way to being elite. Well, yeah. If you look at all the weapons, like uh, the three receivers that they have in Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, that's a great trio. I mean, it's one of the top when you're looking at three altogether. It's like in uh, Cincinnati how they have those three guys who are equally as trustable. I Man, Zay Jones was active last year. So, um, but yeah, Christian Kirk, I, I'm really high on. I think he's going to be a great number two in that offense. Um, I think you're going to see, you know, I, maybe not the same metrics he put up last year. He he saw a career high in all of his metrics. So, you know, I think he may uh, regress back to the mean in that aspect. But uh, Ridley's right now being drafted as wide receiver 19, which I think there's upside there. He, he could easily finish in the top 15 for sure. Kirk is being drafted too low, in my opinion, at 31. Uh, I would be drafting him higher than that. And Zay Jones yeah. is being left for dead at 64. So, Yeah, I like Zay Jones. He's actually a great receiver. But um, I want to talk a little bit about that spread. You said wide receiver 19 for Ridley, wide receiver 31 for Kirk. Yeah. Uh, so that spread is he does seem to be a little bit more than Vegas thinks. Vegas has Ridley getting 50 more yards, one more touchdown, and 10 more receptions. So, I mean, that's really not that big of a spread. It's Ridley, 875 and a half, five and a half touchdowns and 80 and a half receptions to Kirk's 70 and a half receptions, 825 and a half yards and four and a half touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I think mean, like those numbers are pretty, pretty dang similar to me. Um, yeah. So I think Kirk is a value. If you're drafting him anywhere in that th a wide receiver 30 range, I, I mean, I'll take him, uh, you know, every day of the week. So he's yeah, he's he's I a know. very trusted uh, receiver for me. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Thirty-one, that's probably a buy for me on Kirk. That being said, I think Ridley steps up as the alpha in that back in in that wide receiver room. So I would probably think that disparity is going to be a lot more significant than what Vegas is showing. But you know, yeah. they uh, it's just one of those things. Um, yeah. And then you have Evan Ingram, 640 and a half yards and three and a half touchdowns. So just, you know, a tier below that. So that, that's where that's where the preseason Vegas lines are set at. Um, and, you know, I think it's always I think it's always important to look at those when, uh, you know, when providing your fantasy analysis, because, you know, 
Yeah, they, Vegas has good lines. You know, they're just – it makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I'm terrible with futures because I'm always looking at the over. I'm like, I hear all your lines that you're stating, and I'm like, dude, if, if, like, I love the overs. Love just because, you know, if if they do stay healthy, that's all you need is a fully healthy season, and most of those are overs. Like, a lot of those Vegas lines are just banking on a, a, a an injury of some sort, a couple games missed here and there, but, man – I just, I, I guess I'm just, that's just my optimistic side uh, coming out where I'm just like, man, they, they're probably going to hit that over. So, you know, yeah. I try to tame my expectations. But um, let's let's hit up on the uh, t- Tennessee Titans, huh? Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the Titans. Um, King Henry, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I don't know. what it, I don't have much to say about the Titans just because I think they're going to be a very similar team to what they have been in the past, which is good. Um, yeah. I don't know that they're going to be better than the teams they've had in the past. So how good? I don't know. Could they win this division? Yeah, I do think they can. Um, but, you know, I like Tannehill. He's not – he knows how to win ball games. What I'm more so um, – I think what I'm more, my biggest question mark is Hopkins and how effective could he be? Vegas has it at 850 and a half receiving yards and four and a half touchdowns. I mean, like you're saying, I probably would hope that both of those overs hit. Uh, if you're the Titans, I think you're, you brought them in to do much more than that. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. I think that's relevant to look at, but, um, uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, when I look at the Titans, um, one thing that stood out to me when I was uh, looking into the team, they have the worst number 32 ranked offensive line. So, I mean, yeah, you have the beast that is Derrick Henry back there and he can kind of overcome something like that. But I mean, to have the worst offensive line going into the season is not a good outlook, you know, but um, surprising to me. Yeah, but uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to spend the whole year as the quarterback. I don't think we're going to see, unless the team completely falls apart and loses a bunch of games and they're completely out of the race, which I don't think is going to happen, Ryan Tannehill is going to be the guy for the whole season. Uh, We've seen Tannehill uh, support a number one receiver inside the top 20 before, so I could see DeAndre Hopkins uh, being really, really good this year. Uh, Other than that, I want to see how they use Tajay Spears. Um, what do you know Ty about Jay. Ty, I'm sorry, Ty J Spears, Mike. What do you know about Ty, Ty J Spears? Ty J. I don't know shit about him besides he went to Tulane. I know he's <laughs> thought of as like a pretty three-tool back and like very versatile. But yeah. to be honest, I'm not watching too much Tulane football. I do watch a ton of college football, so I, mo- I, I've seen most of these guys. But, I mean, I might have seen him play once or twice and – I don't have much to add on Tajay yeah, Spears. Tajay Spears is being drafted right now as RB56. He's like, uh, you know, a back, bottom of the draft uh, dart throw. Uh, but he's someone I would throw a dart at in drafts. Um, they they already came out and said that he's been pretty active at mini camp and training camp and stuff, and they are giving him as much work as he, he can handle. They I think the Titans know that, Derrick Henry is getting up in age, and I don't think they're good. they're going to be giving him the ball to run thirty plus times a game. So I think they're going to be they're going to be utilizing Tajay Spears 
quite a bit this year. Um, so it's something to think about what you, when you're looking at those rookie running backs late, keep in mind Spears uh, may be utilized pretty often. Uh, and if it's a keeper league, I would definitely be looking at Spears. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I think that like, I think that Henry's got another very heavy workload season in him coming up here. Um, you know, we talked about how their windows closing. Uh, so might as well try to go as hard as you can while that window is still open. Um, you know, if him and Hopkins are really just going to give it one more big push, then the, you're going to see the ball in those guys' hands a lot. Uh, they're kind of in the same point of their career. Extremely talented veterans. Yeah. They probably are have already seen their prime, but they're so good that they're not too far out of their prime. And like, I think you might see another big workload season from, from uh, Henry, but yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I had a sneeze. And I wasn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't control it. No, However, good. what you did, what you said that I did like is that like, Training camp and OTAs, you're going to have – Henry doesn't need much practice, right? Like, so Ty yeah. J Spears should go in there and get a bunch of, like, first-team reps and, like, almost get caught up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I do like that about him, and I like that, you know, they think he's a good running back that can kind of do it all. So I agree that he's definitely going to have more of a role than – a Derrick Henry backup has had in the past, but I yeah. expect to have a to have a huge workload from Henry. I mean, Vegas has his line at eleven fifty and a half rushing yards, and then eight and a half touchdowns. Um, I would say that I would say that touchdown over looks pretty good to me as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know what his last few years, years are, but I can't imagine he's been under double digits too often. Yeah, I mean, he averages 13.6 touchdowns per season. Yeah, so I, I think that over is one of the more attractive ones. Yeah. 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 Um, he, um, the, 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 the Titans uh, have the fourth easiest strength of schedule for running backs. So Okay, that's even know. better. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm looking at his totals right now, and he hasn't – he's gone dead, double digits all every, all every single season last five seasons. Yeah. Um, so I expect that to continue. Um, mm -hmm. That would probably be my favorite thing looking at the Titans. Yeah. And um, what's your gauge on Traylon Burks? I know a, a few people were pretty, uh, pretty excited about him this year, but now that Hopkins is there, I, I can tell that's cooled off quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, like I do like Traylon Burks. Uh, I think he's really, I think he's a talented wide receiver. I think that, uh, we've heard he's in better shape this year. Um, he definitely takes the biggest hit on the Titans offense. Ah, I shouldn't even say that. Maybe like Chigokonku takes a bigger hit with Hopkins coming in. Yeah, so I think he, was so. ex think he was expected to stand up and have a big role. So, you know, Burks could benefit from Henry and Hopkins both getting a lot of attention coming their way and Burks being as talented as he is. Uh, you know, going up against your second, third options at cornerback. Um, so, 
I think he can have a nice little year. Um, you know, I mentioned Hopkins line is sitting at eight fifty and a half. Burks is only at six seventy five and a half. So, I mean, decent compliment to Hopkins should be able to learn a lot from a receiver like Hopkins. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to say. He he should benefit pretty heavily for having Hopkins in that room. Yeah, so to me it's like, all right, fantasy relevancy, maybe on a game-to-game basis, pretty touchdown dependent, but from evolving into a career, you know, I think it could do a lot for his development as a wide receiver. So I'd be excited if I, you know, owned him in Dynasty, but that's kind of where I would be at with Burks. Chiga Conquo, I'm not a big fan. I think he's the the hype tight end this year that I don't really love. So, Yeah, I think he has potential, but I'm not too big on him this year now that uh, Hopkins signed. But uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, that's yeah. uh, it'll be an interesting uh, room to watch. But uh, let's move on to the, the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. We're actually yeah. talking we're actually talking Indy Colts now. Oh, we are. Oh, yes, that's right. My bad. Yeah. I was uh, under the impression that the Colts you had the Texans higher again. My bad. No. No, no. Um yeah, so um, the Colts. Yeah, so uh, you know, I I mentioned that I'm extremely excited to watch all of the NFC North games. I don't know that I'll be watching very many AFC South games. Um I am not a big fan of Anthony Richardson. We just heard yesterday that he may not even start until week 10. Yeah, that Uh, was alarming. That's pretty interesting uh, if that actually holds true. But Jonathan Taylor should have a good, hopefully great season. Uh, He's due for a bounce back year, but like, I don't know what to think anymore. I mean, I was very off of them with uh, Richardson being the quarterback and just all the growing pains he's going to have to go through. If Gardner Minshew starts the first 10 games of the season, like, I just don't really know what that means for everyone. Like, who is Gardner Minshew as a quarterback right now? Like, I don't know. A lot of what we saw last year, which was just not a good offense. So Pittman probably doesn't live up to what his original potential looked like. Um, He would be the only relevant wide receiver, and even then it's not that great. Probably rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor, Um, so you just kind of pray that he has a MVP-type season and doesn't get injured. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I like Jelani Woods as a player, Uh, but again, I don't know how things change with Gardner Minshew. Alec Pierce. I don't know. What yeah, do you there's, there's some there's some opportunities there in Indy. I think they're better off to start the season with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, I think, is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. And when he gets the opportunity, I think, you know, we've seen him do some good things on the football field. So I think it's better case scenario for these wide receivers. Excuse me. When Gardner Minshew is in the game. Excuse me. But um I don't know, man. Uh, you know, and um, Michael Pittman is being drafted as wide receiver twenty-eight. I'm not drafting him there. I, I don't think even with Minshew or Richardson, I don't think he returns value on that pick. 
Uh, Alec Pierce is being down at wide receiver 71. Josh Downs is wide receiver 82. Like, there's not much to like here in the passing game. Jonathan Taylor is this offense, and you're right. He should see an MVP-like season if he comes back into form. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was the number one running back. Like, he, he's, he's a beast. So, I, I don't know. This Colts team, there's not much to uh, be excited for. The one thing that you misunderstood from what I said is, in order for the Colts to be competitive, he would need to have an MVP-type season, not that he should have one if he sees that kind of volume. He needs to have one if in order for them to win games. So there's a difference in that. Um, yeah, that makes I don't, sense. I don't necessarily think he's going to have one. I think the Colts are going to be bad. I think that Pittman, you said he's wide receiver 28 from a talent level. I think Pittman is better than the 28th ranked court. I think he, I think his talent is better than wide receiver 28 in the NFL, but his situation is so poor that, you know, you can't really trust to draft him. I'm not drafting him. You won't see him on a single team of mine. You won't yeah. see any Colts on a single team of mine. Um, Jonathan Taylor, maybe if he falls pretty far and there's value. So that means, second round late second round like will that happen probably not uh so i'm gonna have no colts on my team yeah i, I think i'm right there with you uh, other than jonathan taylor if, if he falls in certain drafts but other than that i'm not too uh, uh yeah alec, alec alec pierce is another guy i like too and it's like he's just not in a good situation. You'll never see him on my team. Jelani Woods, I do like. He may be the only person that you'd see on my team, but I don't even think you need to draft him. I think you can pick him up on the waivers, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I don't need to really say much more about the Colts. I think they uh, are going to suck and they're a big part <laughs> of the, they're a big part of why this this uh this this division is the worst in the NFL, one of the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but Texans, like, I'd be more inclined to watch the Texans than I would the Colts. I think I'm excited about Stroud. Uh, Pierce has shown to be a pretty fun runner to watch. Uh, I like Nico Collins. I really do. Um, I'm not like a huge Dalton Schultz guy, but I'm interested to see Singletary there for the Texans. I want to see that young defense with uh, LSU boy, my boy Stingley, uh, and then Will Anderson. So I think at least the Texans have some very young pieces to be excited about. Uh, Stroud being at the top of that list. So from a fantasy standpoint, you probably won't see anyone on the Texans on my team either. Maybe Nico Collins, because I do think he is a wide receiver one that you can get extremely late. And I think he's going to separate himself from everyone else. So having Stroud's number one pass catcher in my mind, uh, there's going to be some value there. Yeah. I think Dalton Schultz is interesting as well. Um, just for the, the simple fact that this wide receiver room is pretty murky and there's really nothing established there with this rookie. Um, you know, Schultz could be, we've seen him be a consistent option for Dak for the past couple of years. And, you know, who knows? He's being drafted at tight end 11. Like, I'd be fine if I punted the position and I grab him uh, very late in drafts as my tight end one. Yeah, so here's what Vegas has to say about it. Nico Collins, 
45 and a half receptions, 585 and a half yards. Whereas Schultz, 52 and a half receptions, seven more, and 550 and a half. So seven more receptions, 35 yes, less yards. So, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, they're kind of putting them in the same in the same uh, uh, output, same production. Yeah. Which I could certainly see that. I just think that Nico Collins is going to step up and take over that wide receiver room. Um, you've heard me say that kind of a lot about other um, receiver rooms. I just like, you know, I, I think someone – I think someone like Collins, who's good, athletic, uh, has that true like wide receiver build. It, it's interesting though. Like John Mechie could very well be the wide receiver one. We haven't seen him play at all yet. Tank Dell has already been linked to Stroud as a guy that he's liked. He could end up being a slot that catches a lot of balls. So when it's when an offense is so unproven, just like this, anyone can really come out and shine. I'm just going to say I think it's going to be Collins. He looks good as a wide receiver. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, can you guess where he's being drafted, which wide, which number wide receiver he is? It's Collins? Yeah. 67? 63, very close. But, yeah, it's. I mean, it's way too low. Someone like uh, with his uh, with his talent and uh, upside in this offense, I, I would love to grab Collins later on in draft. So, yeah. um, But uh, with Singletary and Pierce, um, you know, Pierce is coming off that injury last year. He's being drafted as running back 20. Singletary's down at 46. Like, I don't know how this is going to shake out. I know a lot of people are, are uh, you know, beating the drum for Damian Pierce. Like, he, he ran well last year. He was a good running back. But yeah. I don't think he's going to be the main guy there. I think they got Singletary to work him in this offense and to use him, you know, pretty often. Like, I could see a 60-40 split with uh, Damian getting 60 and Singletary getting 40. How do you see that working out? Yeah, I was probably going to say that exact same thing. Okay. Um, but it could also, like, I think it could be the, the kind of thing where, like, they're relatively equal in talent, so whoever the hot hand that game is ends up getting a little bit more uh, like they could probably be, be interchangeable over the course of the season. I think it'll be 60, 40 Pierce Singletary, but I could see s- certain games that Singletary ends up being 60, 40 Pierce. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like they went and got Singletary cause they liked him. Singletary has been nothing but a pretty good running back. So um, you didn't really, you don't really get him to be a backup running back at this point in his career. I think you expect production out of him. So sixty forty sounds right. That being yeah. said, he's having a great game running the ball. They're gonna, they're gonna go to him, you know, more than not. So, yeah. And then uh, C.J. Stroud, I wanted to mention, he's being drafted at quarterback twenty four. Would you be comfortable uh, drafting C.J. Stroud as your quarterback two in uh, your average home? Uh, PPR league strat. <laughs> um, I typically don't draft backup quarterbacks. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of, 
I think it's kind of changing. I got to dig into redraft a little bit more, but typically I wouldn't. I would honestly, I've streamed quarterbacks at points in my in, in my fantasy career, and that's worked out for me. Um, I typically don't draft defense, kicker, tight end. Um, yeah. Then again, like quarterbacks and tight ends are becoming a little bit more important. Well, then- and let me change the question a little bit. What if it's a super flex? Would you be okay with CJ Stroud if you were to punt at the position? Would you be okay with him as your quarterback too? No, I would. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I I would still. I would still go. I I just think I like in a super flex league. I like having two solid quarterbacks if possible. So I'd probably get one of the early guys. Um, and then get like your, I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about Trey Lance. I could get him so late, but I would lean more to like getting a gosh, like maybe like a a Stafford. Yeah. Like a Stafford, a Rogers, like having Rogers as my, if he's what wide, if he's quarterback 16, then I would probably, you know, go him instead of or Russell Wilson. Perfect example. All right. Perfect example is Russell Wilson. I think he's like quarterback 19. He's someone who underperformed last year. So I would just go, you know, five quarterbacks ahead of Stroud and get someone like Russell, who I think is going to have a bounce back year. That being said, uh, I think DraftKings had Stroud at 3,400 and a half passing yards. That's a Fan, lot. FanDuel had it at 3,175 and a half, but uh, so there's a weird disparity there, but 3,400 yards rookie season. I mean, I would not have guessed that that was the line. Yeah. If he throws for 3,400 and they have it at 19 and a half touchdowns. So if, if he's 3,520 touchdowns, that's a pretty good fantasy quarterback there. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's something to think about uh, moving forward into this uh, <clears throat> off season, but I think that about covers it. Um, you want to give us a quick breakdown of, uh, of just a, a quick rundown of what we did just did? Yeah, yeah of course. I, I, I definitely do. Um, Jaguars are going to win the division. Colts and Texans will be in the bottom. I think Texans still are probably the worst team in that division for one more year. Um, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to take a massive step forward. Um, you will see Trevor Lawrence on my teams. You will see a little bit of ETN, uh, Ridley if he falls. Uh, that's probably about it. Honestly, I'm going to stay away from this conference. You'll maybe see some Nico Collins on my teams, but um, unless Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor fall and you can get value there, I probably won't be taking either of them. Hopkins, it's interesting and worth looking into, but not sure you're going to see me really with anyone in this division. <laughs> Besides Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Ridley, if there's value, maybe Christian Kirk, but honestly, I'm probably staying away from pretty much this entire division. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, target the good players and the good teams, right? <laughs> Yeah. I, that being said, I, I do have uh, Lawrence as my QB five, so you'll probably be seeing him on my teams, but 
Um, I don't know. The offense is going to be good. It's just a little too spread out for me, but you might see a Christian Kirk or a Ridley somewhere if they fall, and I, I think there's value. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our AFC South divisional breakdown. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot more stuff coming up this week and next week. And you guys know what to do. Yeah.